Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Hello, everyone. This is Scott Reichel, and this is the Betting Barrier Podcast on the Believe Podcast Network, the Bay Area's number one sports podcast network. The only place of the show for every team in the Bay Area and more. We believe in our teams. Do you believe? If you enjoy the show, please subscribe and rate the show on iTunes. We're also available in your favorite directory, Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher, Luminary, and TuneIn. You can find us at Believe.com and at Believe Podcasts. You can find me on Twitter at Rice Shell Radio. On this week's show, we're going to be talking about the San Francisco 49ers and their upcoming football game over the next week from a betting perspective. But before we get into any of that, I'm going to have a quick word from our sponsor. Bet Online is your number one source for all your betting needs. Get the latest odds, lines, and matchup reports for baseball, boxing, golf, and more. Bet Online continues to be the fastest and easiest way to place your wagers, including live betting and your favorite casino and card games available to play right from your phone. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and get in on the action. Remember to use the promo code BLEAVE, B-L-E-A-V, for your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet Online, where the game starts. Welcome back, everyone, to the Abinabaria podcast. For winter break, we discuss the plan for this episode. Once again, talk about the Niners, their upcoming game against the Cardinals taking place on Sunday. Before we get into any of that, though, do want to recap how we did with our picks and how the Niners did in week three. Starting off with the picks that we gave out, we swept the board, had the Niners minus the points, and we had the under. Never in doubt, the Giants are a really bad football team. They can't score. Daniel Jones in primetime once again got buried, and the Giants could really just not do anything the entire second half Niners open it up and they won the game comfortably so a nice winner there uh, Niners ended up winning the game by a score of 30 to 12 coincidentally it's actually the third straight game that the Niners have scored 30 points on the dot in so for whatever reason they always land on 30 but they outgained the Giants 441 to 150 150 total yards of offense is one of the lowest totals I've ever seen in a good weather game. You might see a lower number if you're in mid-December and it's a blizzard and, you know, the the crazy wind going on, but the weather was fine. The Giants had 10 first downs the entire game. It was really embarrassing to watch. Purdy was very good through the air. Went 25 of 37 for 310 yards and two touchdowns. Should have probably thrown a pick in there because he was a little, a little bit careless with the throws, but all of them luckily ended up hitting the ground or right into Ronnie Bell's lap in the first half. But to go through the other numbers here, McCaffrey was solid, 18 carries, 85 yards and a touchdown. So he extended his touchdown streak. Elijah Mitchell had 11 carries for 42 yards. And for the receiving core, Debo was battling some injuries. I think it was to his ribs, but he ended up coming back into the game and he ended up scoring a touchdown later on. He had six catches for 129 yards and a touchdown. Kittle had seven catches for 90. McCaffrey had five catches for 34. Juwan Jennings had two catches for 31. And Ronnie Bell, I mentioned before, had two catches for 24 yards and the opening touchdown of the game. Uh, Besides that, though, the defense once again was dominant as they ended up sacking Daniel Jones twice only gave up 137 passing yards, did record one interception, and they also only allowed 29 rushing yards, 2.6 yards per carry, did allow a rushing touchdown to Matt Breida, but that was set up by a massive pass interference call there in the beginning stages of the third quarter. For the receiving core for the Giants, nobody had more than 32 yards, so once again, nobody did anything through the air. Uh, Besides that, though, for the actual sacks for the Niners, they had two sacks. One was by Bosa, where they just didn't block the guy, which I thought was a bold strategy, and then Hargrave had one. So overall, good showing by the Niners' defense, and Afunga ended up having the interception. 
but the Niners coasted against a bad team, which is what they're supposed to do. And to be honest, what they're expected to do this week, because they're even bigger favorites this week than they were last week against the Giants. I also didn't mention Jake Moody continues to be perfect from the field goal uh, this season as he is three for three. So he has not missed a kick yet, and he continues to look very good after a pretty shaky preseason. But the Niners were favored by 10 and a half, one by 18, and the game went under. So either way, nice sweep for us, nice win for the Niners, and hopefully we'll keep it rolling here for week four. And their opponent in this one is going to be a division rival. This will be their second division game of the season as they beat the Rams earlier this year on the road. Now they're playing the first home division game as they have a matchup against the Cardinals, and the Cardinals are off of a win, which might have come earlier than people anticipated because the Cardinals were massive underdogs against the Cowboys at home in week three. And they kind of won comfortably. They won by 12. They led for basically the entire game. And they led by 11 at the half. Got a little bit dicey uh, in the fourth quarter, but they had a nice goal line stand there against Dak. And then eventually they ended up intercepting Dak late in the game to fully ice it. But for the sake of the stats here, Josh Dobbs was solid. 17 of 21 for 189 yards and one touchdown. He's done a good job in the pocket. He's not really taken many sacks this year. Got sacked twice. QBR of 83.9. The ground game was very solid, which was surprising. People thought with Diggs being out, if the Cardinals were going to win, Dobbs would definitely go for over 200 in passing yards, but not really. Arizona ended up averaging 2.7 yards per carry. You saw Connor have 98 yards and a touchdown. Dobbs at 55 yards. Rondell Moore had a 45-yard carry for a touchdown and 54 yards rushing. For the receiving core, you had Michael Wilson, who had two catches for 86 yards, including a 69-yarder to kind of steal back momentum there in the second half. You had Hollywood Brown, who had a touchdown and 61 yards. Connor had two catches for 18 yards. Overall, just a solid overall game for the Cardinals. And as for Dallas, they moved the ball well. The problem was the red zone offense stunk. And to go through Dak's numbers here, 25 of 40 for 249, one touchdown, one pick, two sacks, QBR of 40.8. Pollard was really good on the ground, 23 carries, 122 yards. Dak had three carries for 24 yards. And to go through the receiving core, Michael Gallup had 92 yards on six catches. CeeDee Lamb was kind of held in check, four catches, 53 yards. Ferguson had 48 yards. And backup running back Rico uh, Dowdle had a screen pass for a touchdown in the first half as he had 25 yards receiving. Brandon Cooks did nothing besides that, had 17 yards. So to go through the sacks for the Cardinals, you had uh, Dimu Kiji, who had a sack, and you also had Zayvon Collins. Those were the two guys who had sacks, and the interception was Kaiser White. So overall, the Cardinals played a very solid game of football, and for a team that was supposed to be tanking without their starting quarterback, they've been decent. To go through the results, they lost a nail-biter to the Commanders, they lost a nail-biter that they should have won against the Giants, and they beat Dallas, which I think we can say is much better than what we anticipated for the Cardinals earlier this year. Having said that, they are against the much better opponent here, even though Dallas was viewed as being a top-five team in the league. They're not the same team without Diggs. They're also missing a bunch of offensive linemen, so they were a bit shorthanded in this game, which is important to mention. It's not an excuse for Dallas, but I want to at least point out Dallas was not as healthy as they were in the first couple weeks, but now they're against a Niners team that is out for blood every week. Right now, the Niners have a point differential, which is very impressive. They have a plus a 48-point differential, 90 points for, 42 points against. Arizona is five points over, though. So once again, they've been 
decent for a team that's supposed to be in the basement, but the Niners are massive favorites. They are laying 14 points, and the over-under is about 44.5. Now, for the sake of the injury report, which I want to mention, both teams are a bit banged up. The Niners are more banged up, though. To go through Arizona's uh, actual injury report here, James Conner made the list as a limited participant in Wednesday's practice with a back injury, but once again, he was limited, so he should end up playing. But Barnes... Ledbetter and Woods are all out, so are all uh, not practicing. So there is a chance their defensive uh, linebacking core might end up being a bit shorthanded. As for the Niners, you have some serious guys you ought to keep an eye on because Greenlaw has not practiced with an ankle injury. Juwan Jennings has not practiced with a shin injury. Debo has not practiced with ribs and a knee injury. Trent Williams didn't practice for rest purposes. But to be honest, he wasn't exactly that great last week, but we'll see if he can bounce back. But it's mostly involving Samuel and Greenwall, who I got to keep an eye on. Uh, That's basically it. Uh, So the point is the Niners are massive favorites. I understand the argument. A lot of people are going to be tempted to take Arizona in this game because they're off of a win, and the Niners, once again, are laying a massive number, despite potentially being shorthanded. I do wonder how trappy this line actually is, because at first glance, if you asked me, to prepare a spread for this matchup after what we saw in game three, I would have had the Niners at minus 10 and a half, 11, kind of similar to what the Giants spread was. And it's a lot higher. Now, the argument is the Niners do do have extra prep time because they played on Thursday. So they have a couple extra days to fully prepare for this game. And that could result in what could be an ass kicking. But I do think looking at this overall matchup, I think the main problem people have with Arizona is the fact that Dallas, with a bunch of backup offensive linemen, ran the ball down Arizona's throat. And I feel like the argument is the Niners are going to dominate up front, both offensively and defensively, and they should be able to make life hell for the Cardinals in route to a very convincing win. And the more that I think about it, the more I kind of agree with that assessment. The Cardinals' ground game has been solid. Condor's been very good this year. But the Niners are only allowing 53 rushing yards per game. So if Dobbs has to throw all the time to beat them, and you're looking at the offensive line issues the Cardinals have, which has been better than advertised, but still not a great unit. I do not trust them to hold up against this pass rush for the entirety of this game. I do trust Purdy and company to move the ball. I mentioned the linebacking core being injured, which might result in an even worse tackling unit against McCaffrey and company. But I do think the more that I look at this game, I think I am leaning to an under, and I think I am leaning to the Niners. I really see a similar story and script to what we saw last week against the Giants. I'm not saying Arizona is going to score, put up 150 total yards of offense, but I see a similar script where the Niners are able to drain a bunch of clock, dominate time possession. Dobbs is pretty secure with the football, so turnovers might not be an issue for them in this game. But I do think, once again, chaining together first downs on long drives is asking a lot of this Cardinals offense. And I do think looking at Connor, who's also banged up, He's their main weapon, and I do think that the Niners will be able to once again shut down anything the Cardinals want to do to generate big plays. The Niners can really just run it down their throats the entire game. They might have like 240 rushing yards in this game. It sounds crazy, but it really wouldn't shock me if the Niners just actively ran it down their throats the entire game. And based on game flow, they ended up with 40 to 50 carries. But for me, I'm going to go with the Niners here. I think 14 does seem a bit steep. But I think it's a trappy type of steep where they're daring you to take Arizona following a win against the Cowboys. 
I'm not going to fall forward. I do think even though Arizona is better than anticipated, they are still currently constructed as a bottom five roster in the league. The Niners probably have the best roster in the league. That's good enough for me. I'll take the Niners minus 14, and I am going to go with the under at 44 and a half. This number just feels too high to me because I'm not sure how much Arizona is going to contribute. The Niners, even though they can score, might drain a bunch of clock. And I do think if Samuel's banged up, that does take away some of their big playability into the pass game. I do think that you'll see the Niners score some points, maybe 30. But even if they get to 30, I'm not sure Arizona gets to 14. So you might be safe anyway. If you want an actual score prediction, I'll go with a 27-10 final. I think Arizona scores kind of. Not really, and the Niners decide to kind of pull some guys maybe early in the fourth quarter or at least go fully vanilla run clock handoff mode and just stop trying to legitimately score and trying to drain more clock. But for me, I'm going to go with the Niners at home, and I am going to go with the under in this game. I know that the total's been bet up, but I think it's been bet up a bit too much. Give me the under into this matchup and the Niners. But that's going to wrap it up for this episode for week four of the NFL season for the Niners. I'll be back once again next week for week five. But until next episode, good luck to all of you and all of your bets. Bye, everyone. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.